I like that song. Y'all like that song? Just picture Rocky, don't you? I'm telling you, man, what a great, great song, Eye of the Tiger. Well, I'm, I just want to welcome everybody today. Thank you for coming. And everybody else watching online, thank you for joining us. So good to have you guys here, man. What a great day. You're a good-looking crowd. Good-looking crowd. Navarre, we're so glad that you guys came today. Thank you for coming. Blackwater, shout out to our Blackwater campus. So glad that you men showed up. Thank you for coming. And then again, everyone watching online. Man, today we're going to be in John 15. We're in the fourth week of our series, Game Changer. Game Changer. We've been talking this series about some plays that you can make. In fact, God wants you to make them. When you make these plays, that they will be a game changer in your life. And we'll do some review in just a minute. But let me set up a video real quick and we'll kick it to the screens. November 30th, 2013, there's a little game called the Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl. Iron Bowl is when Alabama and Auburn play each other. And uh, so any Alabama fans, I'm just curious. Any Auburn fans? Well, you're gonna love me. You're gonna love me today, because we're gonna show the video of what y'all know as the kick six. The kick six. If you know anything about football, this game was crazy because there was. I mean, it was back and forth. It was back and forth. Alabama was winning. T.J. Yeldon had the football. He's running down the field, and a guy by the name of Chris Davis knocks him out. He knocks him out. Knocks him out of bounds. And now, with a second left. Alabama chooses a kicker that had a really bad season. And uh, he had only gone one for two for the season. His name was Griffith. Griffith steps out onto the field. And the same guy, Chris Davis, that made the tackle and hit Yeldon out of bounds is now back to receive the football. Nick Saban stacks. I mean, he brings in his biggest. They stack the field. With some big, bad, strong players. And Auburn has a second. Has a second. Kick six. 2013. Check out the screens. I guess we just got to take it at its word that, he, that there was a fraction of a second left. Chris Davis is going to drop back into the end zone in single safety. But I guess if this thing comes up short, he can field it. And run it out. All right, here we go. 56-yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Auburn wins. Auburn has won the Iron Bowl. And, and at that play, the kicker, he, he, he takes a hit <laughs> right there. So the Iron Bowl. Now, some of you Alabama fans, I just got off your uh, Christmas card list right then. But uh, that's all right. Two weeks ago, someone was like, man, we, sh- we played Sweet Home Alabama. And uh, 
someone's like, man, I can't stay. I was like, just hang around for uh, two weeks. You, 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 may, you may like it. But you know, we're in this series, Game Changer, kind of football theme to it. And we're talking about these plays, we, these plays that, that you can make. And if you make this play, it'll be a game changer in your life. Listen, God wants you to win. Do you know that? Would you say that with me? Say, God wants me to win. Ready? Here we go. God wants me to win. God wants you to win. God is not rooting against you. He's not rooting. He, he wants you to win. He wants you to win in your daily living, in the choices that you make, the decisions, what you decide. He wants you to win. I love that clip, man, because, boy, if there was ever authentic excitement, it was right there, right? That announcer, man. He's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, he's just, man, he's just getting so excited. And uh, I love watching that. As, as I remember watching the game when it happened, I'm like, man, just the tension in that football game. Oh, my goodness, man. I mean, could this even happen? This is crazy. They, there's no time. There is time. All right, put a second. And then Chris Davis does what uh, – very few people, um, probably very few people believed would happen. I mean, if you were betting that day, you lost money more than likely. And, and I mean, it comes down to where he is running with that football, and it literally comes down to the sideline. Now, I remember watching him and watching his feet and thinking, oh, my goodness, is he going to step out? Because we know you step out of bounds, the play stops. And in every game, in every game, Plays matter. And in every game, there are plays that can happen that literally changes the outcome of the entire game. And, and that's my heart and my prayer, my desire for you guys, for all of us through this series, is that you'll not just make a play, but you'll realize that these five weeks that we've invested into our church literally is game-changing plays. So let's watch this clip one more time. I want you to see for yourself with your own eyes. I want you, if you didn't pay attention to it last time, watch his feet. You're going to see in his eyes. You're going to see him running. And right before we play it, I want to quote him. He said this after the game. He was interviewed, the final score, 34-28. They interview him. Auburn ends up going to the championship. And he says this. As I was running, I said, I said, God is so good. And you can almost see the point where he's saying this to himself because he turns around and looks and then he realizes, I'm just about there, home free. Watch this. Let's play it one more time. Alabama does not have athletes on the field. They've got offensive linemen on the field. Chris Davis is going to drop back into the end zone in single safety. Well, I guess if this thing comes up short, he can field it. And run it out. All right, here we go. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the team. 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Watch his feet. 45, 50, 45. Here goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back.
some sports enthusiasts have said that that was the greatest play ever in college football. I want you to think about this for a minute because it has everything to do with the message today. It's exciting. If you were an Auburn fan, you remember that moment. You're watching that. Oh, my goodness. Watch, watch, watch. Heaven is watching us. Heaven is watching us. And you have the ball and you're running. The question is, what are you going to do with it? You see, you have a life. You get to run in whatever lane you decide. You get to choose, and sometimes there are things that happen that's outside of our control, but, but God has given you lungs to use and air to breathe, and you're literally running your life, and I hope that you're headed to the end zone. I hope you're headed to victory. That's what I hope for you. What you need to know is all of heaven is watching you. And heaven is cheering for you. If you know Jesus, heaven is counting on you. Just like the fans in the audience were counting on Chris Davis. Heaven's counting on you. Your life matters. What you do matters. In the series Game Changer, we've been talking about different plays. The first play we talked about was arrive. Was arrive. You know, um... We used the great illustration, the umbrella. We talked about how that God designed the church. It's the only thing Jesus died for was the church. You realize that? It's the only thing Jesus gave his life for was the church. And yet some believers still to this day, they say, well, I love God. I believe in God, but I don't have time for church. Or I don't go to church. And, and the church was given to us as protection to teach us God's ways, to protect us from the enemy. Like an umbrella is to protect us from getting soaked. The church, coming to church, hearing the word of God preached, we're told to preach the word. So hearing the word of God is to grow your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. Are you with me? So the church is to help us. It's to protect us. It was given to us so we can go to church. Now listen, you say, well, I missed a Sunday. Is God mad at me? Listen, listen, listen. Number one, God's not mad at you. Let's just get that out of the way. God's madly in love with you. God's not mad at you. He's not mad at you. God hates sin, and Jesus took care of our sin. And God literally allowed Jesus to pay in full the payment for our sin. That's where, that's where the anger of God went. It went on his own son to spare us. God is not mad at you. God loves you. God loves you. So we shouldn't go to church because we have to. I go to church not because I'm a pastor. You know why I go to church? I go to church because I get to. I get to do this. There are countries overseas where people cannot gather without being thrown into prison. One of our very own missionaries is stateside because the country he was in was cracking down so fierce. They were showing up outside his house, watching, asking questions. I mean, there are places in the world, believe it or not today, where persecution is greater than it's ever been if you believe in Jesus, if you want to pray, if you want to read God's word. It's no joke. It's no joke. And yet here in America, we get to decide if we want to go to church or something else. Arrive is important. And here, here was a big takeaway. We said that, that we, we got to get, if, if we want to get over what God intended to be under us, then we have got to get under what God has put over us. Does that make sense? We're talking about authority issues. We're talking about getting in a place where you can learn. I mean, 
If you haven't eaten today, hopefully afterwards you're going to go eat, right? You're going to go, you're hungry. You're going to go eat. I'm hungry. Anyone hungry right now? A little hungry. Dad just said, hey, you want to come over to the house? Mom's cooking spaghetti. I'm like, sign me up. Is there garlic bread? Like, come on. A meatball? Come on, right? Like, I mean, and the word of God is our protein. Are you with me? It's our protein, man. That's our source. So you, you want to show up. You want to you gather with other believers. In fact, God said this. He said, don't, don't put off coming together with other believers. So church, when we arrive, this is a celebration of who God is. It's a declaration of what God says is what it is. And it's a gathering of us together, man, to, to come together and to see others cross the line of faith. To see other people who God speaks to you and your heart begins to change. We're talking about real life change. That was the first game-changing play, arrive. Some people, uh, arriving to church is, is a non-negotiable. It's like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going. We don't ask, do you want to go to church today? We're going to church. It's a given. It's, it's kind of like showers at our house. We don't ask if they want to take a shower because they're going to say no. <laughs> Gavin, last night. Gavin, I'm going to tell on Gavin. Gavin, last night, um, so I, I, I just get this stuff, stuff's out of, out of town, out of the country, actually. And uh, so I go in there. Gavin loves long, hot showers. He'll take 45-minute shower. Gavin, Gavin, I'm like, Gavin, have you, you washed anything? No, sir. Need, need more time, Daddy. I'm like, Gavin, you wash everything in like, you know, 45 seconds, man. Let's go. So I go in there to check on him, and there's his clothes. So I put them in the hamper. He gets out. He's got the towel. He said, what'd you do with my clothes? I said, what do you mean I did with your, uh, and I dig out of the hamper. I think, these are your clothes? And he's like, yeah. I said, you were going to wear these? And he said, yeah. All of these? Underwear? Your soccer shirt that you played in 12 hours ago? Your shorts? Yeah. And I think Riley or Jane were in there. They're like, yeah, dad, that's what he wore. I was like, I know. I coached him. I'm like, you, I said, Gavin, you were going to wear what you, it, he's like, yeah. I'm like, something's not right here. Let me explain to you. I mean, we don't ask people at our house. They want to just do it. So same thing with arriving. Arriving. You want to come to church. Don't, don't let it be a non-negotiable. Man, this is, you know, it's, excuse me. Don't let it be negotiable. Make it a non-negotiable. It's the first thing, arriving. Second play, we talked about reaching. And I asked the question, how committed are you to reaching your friends? We talked about the four men bringing their friend to Jesus. How committed are you to reaching your friends for Christ? The third play was last week. We talked about assist. We talked about serving. We talked about you got to see. That's the first, first thing that you got to do. You, you got to see the need. You have to see the need, and then you seize the opportunity. Just serve. And we talked about how that serving God is basically, it's taking my love for God. That's, that's what it is. It's taking the fact that I say I love God. It's taking my love for God and moving it towards people. Just love, loving people. And, and someone once said, anyone can be great because everyone can serve. And so we ought to serve in the house of God. That music was phenomenal. It's phenomenal up here. Matt, Matt's the only one on staff. He's the only one paid. Everyone else, they, they do this because they want to serve. They get to serve. They're not doing it for money. They're doing it because they understand that how we serve God and how we live for God outlasts our life and goes into eternity. Are you with me? In fact, Scripture said, Scripture tells us to lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. You want a nice house here, but we only get, what, 70, 80, 90 years, 100 years, and it's gone. God says your life is what prepares for heaven. 
That's what prepares for heaven. So lay up for yourself. So, so assisting and serving, we talk about that. Anyone can serve. You can hold the door open for someone. And, and you, you ought to not just serve um, in the church. You ought to serve outside the church. Maybe, maybe your neighbor, a bear, is getting in their trash. Keep going through their trash. And you're like, man, I wish they'd just pick that stuff up. 98, I saw the sign, you know, don't feed the bears. You know, lock the trash cans, you know. We got a neighbor. They feed the bears. Man, them bears are eating good. I think bears hanging out, they're like, all right, it's about time. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not joking. I wish I was joking. I walked out one night at 15 feet from me. That bear looked at me like, I'm trying to have dinner. Don't mess with me. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. <laughs> Maybe that bear knocks the trash can over and it's a mess. And instead of criticizing them or complaining, you just go over there and pick it up. Anyone can serve. Everybody can be great because everyone can serve. Are you committed to serving? Everyone wants, to sh- everyone wants to be in the spotlight. Everyone wants to talk to the reporters after the game. But are you willing to assist? Is it more about the team than it is yourself? Are you with me? We're team Jesus. So it's assist. We want to assist, man. Great teammates know how to assist. And that is serving. That's serving. And we don't serve for men. We serve the Lord. So we want to take our love for God and turn it towards people. This church is as amazing as it is because of all the people who assist. There are people here. Yeah, I'll just clap for that. Absolutely. I mean, we got people in the bar right now, been there. They make Sunday the first day of the week. They give God their first and their best because they know what hangs in the balance. And they, they get there and they serve. Blackwater. We got guys at Blackwater that serve. When we get there, they're there to make sure that the music is at the right volume and we got the message on the screens. And then we have people from our church that go with us to Blackwater that serve. Like, are you serving God? Are you leveraging your life for God and his kingdom or are you just whatever and it's just slipping through your fingers? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about serving. You ought to serve in the house of God. You ought to not only have your head in the game, you ought to have your hands and your heart in the house. Where, what you love, what you love, you're going to show up to. If you love fishing, you're going to show up. You love hunting, you're going to show up. You love football, you're going to show up. You're thinking, I hope he doesn't preach long because i got a game on, right? Yet what, where our heart is, our treasure is. Are you with me? Today, I want to talk about advance. Chris Davis advanced that ball 109 yards down the field, and it was a game changer. It was a game changer. Do you know that God wants you to advance God wants you to, here's the word, grow. And you know how we grow? We grow by getting into God's word. Today, I'm going to break it down. John 15 is where we're at. Let's go there real quick. John 15. You know, have you ever felt that you weren't close to God? You ever been there before? I've been there. You ever felt like, man, I don't feel very close to God right now. Anybody? Nobody? A couple people, honest people? You ever felt like, man, I just, I'm struggling. I just don't feel too close to God. To stay connected to God, you just got to stay connected to Jesus. That's the secret. And the message today, we're talking about advance. The message is remain in Jesus. Say it with me, would you? Remain in Jesus. Just like Chris Davis had to remain in bounds because if he stepped out of bounds, the clock stopped and the game's over. He can't keep running out of bounds. He got to stay in bounds. Jesus said, remain in me. Remain in me. Someone say it with me one more time. Ready? Here we go. Remain in. So Jesus is saying, remain in me. Let's look at it. Let's go there right now. John 15. 
The gospel of John, almost one-third of John's gospel, is designated to the very last hours of Jesus' life. He records the sayings of Jesus, the, the seven I am statements. This is profound. It's profound because when Jesus says I am, Jesus was claiming deity. Jesus was separating himself from all the other rabbis. Jesus was saying, I'm not just a good teacher. I'm not just a good master. I am Lord. I am God. I am God, and beside me there is no other. Go back to Exodus 3, verse 14. Moses has been handpicked by God to go deliver God's people, the Israelites, out of the land of Egypt. Egypt in the Bible always represents sin. God wants his people to get out of sin. Moses is standing there, and God says, go free him. I'm going to set him free. I'm going to choose you. Go free And Moses says, who am I? You ever been there? You ever felt like, who am I? You're talking about serving Pastor Tim, but who am I? I can't do that. I messed up too much. I've sinned too much. I've ran too far for God to use me. You ever felt ill-equipped, unequipped, less inadequate? You ever been there before? How can God use me? Boy, I've been there. I want to tell you something. Whenever we say, who am I? God always responds with, I am. It never was about us in the first place. It isn't about you. It isn't about your lack. Your lack just means that there's more for him. Are you with me? My sweet tea gets low. It just means I, I got room for more sweet tea. God says, man, when you get low of yourself, that's perfect because there's just more of me now. Are you with me? So today we're talking about advancing. How do we advance? Well, we're going to look at it. John 15 verse 1, Jesus, the true vine. Here we go. Jesus says, I am the true grapevine. The vine. And my father is the gardener. This is Jesus' final I am statement. In this chapter, Jesus is teaching. Listen to this. Judas had already, had already left the disciples in the upper room. He had already showed that he was more interested in the kind of like the cause of the Christ than the Christ of the cause. Do you know there are people that they go to church, they go to church, they go to church, and they're like Judas. They're there, their heart's not there. They don't know him. You can always tell sometimes those people, and, 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 and we want you to come if you don't know Jesus. This isn't like you're a horrible person and we're better and we're perfect. No, no, no. No, but you need to know Jesus because Jesus is life, and without Jesus, you're a dead man. You're a dead woman walking. I'd be scared to death to drive on 98 if I didn't know Jesus. You with me? Sometimes I try not to be scared to death anyways, and I know him. 98's crazy. You with me? If you come to church and you're just playing the game, or what, like Jesus is fine with doubts and questions. He wants you. But listen, your life isn't something to gamble with. And Judas, man, he was with Jesus. He's with Jesus, but his heart wasn't with Jesus. And he shows that he's later going to betray him, and he leaves. And, and now Jesus is walking. They've left the upper room. He's walking. He's talking to his disciples. Later, he'll be talking to Father God. And he's going to show us in this chapter relationships that... As a believer, we need to understand because there's three different types of relationships as a believer you'll experience. Number one, relationship with Jesus, and it should be number one. Number two, relationship with believers. And number three, relationship with unbelievers. And verses 1 through 11 is our relationship with Jesus. 12 through 17 is with other believers. And then verse 18 through 27 is our relationship with non-believers. Jesus says here, I am the true vine. This is important 
because it declares Jesus is saying, I'm God. I am the one who is and I am the one who will be. By the way, he is the same God through all of eternity. The same God of the Bible that did incredible miracles is the same God you and I get to pray to. It wasn't the power of Elijah. It was the power of God in Elijah. It wasn't the power of Abraham. It was the power of God in Abraham. It wasn't the power of David. It was the power of God in David. It wasn't the power of Peter or Paul. It was the power of God in those men of God. And we serve the same God today. And he can still move mountains. In fact, he does. And he still hears and answers our prayer. So John, the gospel, records all seven of Jesus' I am statements. In John 6, 35, he said, I'm the bread of life. In John 8, 12, he said, I'm the light of the world. In John 10, 7, he said, I'm the gate or the door for the sheep. In John 10, 9, he said, I am the gate and I'm the door. In John 10, 11, he says, I am the good shepherd, not the bad shepherd, not the irresponsible shepherd, the good shepherd. And he is a good, good father, isn't he? And we're loved by him. And he says, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. In John 10, 14, he said, I'm the good shepherd. I, I know my own sheep and they know me. And in John 15, 1, he says, I am the true vine. I am the grapevine. I'm the vine. And my father is the gardener. Verse 2, John 15, verse 2. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more fruit. You see, a vine, a grapevine, has two types of branches. Have the branches that bear fruit and the ones that don't. Now, two years ago, Dad bought me a lime tree. He got me a lime tree. And this lime tree used to be a lot bigger than it is. The deal was that this lime tree was more about about here. And uh, some of the... Uh, some of the limes had fallen off, and we've got the slide on the back deck. It's just a little slide, and Coco will go out there, and we'll drop the ball. We'll throw the ball down the slide, and she'll run down the slide and go get it. Well, our kids were playing, and I think Stephanie honestly had taken some of those that had fallen off, no harm, no foul. She'd taken those, and she was getting Coco, our Rottweiler, to go fetch them. Well, Coco decided they taste good, and then she knew where the rest of them were. So Coco pretty much ate my treat. Ate this plant. It was here. It went there. The whole thing turned brown. I brought it in all winter. I was like, fingers crossed, you know. And every time I see this thing, I'm reminded of dad's generosity. Dad bought this for me. Dad, you go to dad's house, man. Dad can grow anything. I'm, at our house, we kill the stuff, you know. We get a plant, it dies. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, I'll tell you what, man. We, Steph's like, we're going to grow these herbs. They die. <laughs> you know? I'm like, let's just not do it. You know? So this thing, man, every time I've seen it, it's a disappointment. Because I thought, man, there's no fruit on it. And then very recently, I looked at it. And there is actually, let's see if it's still on there. After the message, last message, last gathering. There it is, right there. There is one and only one lime on this little lime tree. Now, a lime tree is supposed to produce, it's not a trick question. <laughs> I've been telling everyone how smart y'all are. <laughs> it's supposed to produce limes. But I wondered if it was a lime tree or if dad was just yanking my chain. They're like, son, I got your lime tree. <laughs> like, you know, where's the limes? Well, one is making a comeback. One's making a comeback. I like comebacks. 
You like comebacks? Comebacks are exciting. Maybe you need a comeback. I was hoping for a comeback last night. <laughs> I just stopped watching a little before halftime. <laughs> Decided food was what it was all about last night, not football. I did have some good friends over, but anyways, y'all pray for me. I'm hurting today. Um, this tree supposed to produce fruit. Now, Jesus says this. He says, I'm the vine. Father God is the vine dresser. He attends to the vine. That would be like this part. And he says, we're the branch. The problem is sometimes you and I think we're the vine. We're not the vine, we're the branch. Now, here's what God does. God looks at our life and God sees an area that's dead. This is dead right there. And God says, that's not producing anything. So I'm going to trim it. I'm going to prune it. I'm going to cut it away. And now, I don't like it when this happens to me. I mean, this plant, it's no pain with the plant because I know that the plant's going to produce. That's how God sees our lives. It hurts when we get pruned. But God knows what's going to come. And God's thinking produce. And we say, no, God, don't touch that relationship. No, God, I love him. I love him. Don't please, God, don't mess with that relationship. Why is this falling apart? And then the relationship's over. Why, God, why? God says, yeah, you loved him, but he didn't love you. And I care about you, so I'm going to take things away that might be growing that will not produce fruit. They're just taking up space. You with me? Taking up some of your time, but not producing anything. He said, by their fruit, you'll know them. And that's what God does. Maybe it's a job. And you think, no, God, please, I'm a single mom. I need that job. I'm a single dad. Please, God, why did I, I get the email? I kept the memo there relieving me. Do they not know? I mean, does, where are you, God? Do you not even care? I'm a single parent. You're just going to like that? And God says, yeah, we, we got to get rid of that job because you need insurance and a raise. So God begins as the heavenly attender to our life, to our branches, to our moments. And God does what's best for us. Even though sometimes it may feel like pain, God knows that that cutting away will produce what we need, what we were created for. He goes on in John 15 and he says this, you've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. And here's the message today. Ready? Verse four, remain in me, remain in me. I literally thought about today as we were playing this series and I was thinking through this series months ago, I thought, you know what? Like, I think I'll keep the plant for that reason because I thought about throwing it away. I said, I think I'll just, I'll cut the whole thing. I was literally going to take the whole thing and cut it and say, it's no good. And then there's fruit. Thankful God does the same with me. There's hope with me because of him. There's hope for you because of him. So thankful for that. God prunes and he cuts away. The word here is abide, remain. You see, remaining is what God wants for you to do. He wants you to remain in him. 
And abiding means that you're not just staying there. That's what that means. Stay there. Think about this series. Stay there. Stay there going to church. Stay there bringing people that you, your friends that, that need to be reached for Jesus. Stay there, Jesus is saying. Serve. Have a heart for serve. Jesus is saying stay there. Abide in me. Remain. But abiding means you're not just staying there. Something is actually being accomplished while you're there. See the roots right now. There's nutrition. There's a whole lot happening that's leading to more fruit, more bloom, more fruit. I can't see it. Why? Because this plant is abiding. That's what this passage is talking about. Remain in me. Stay around and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And, if, and, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I'm the vine. You're the branches. And those who remain in me and I in them will produce fruit. Someone say much fruit, much fruit. God wants your life to have fruit and he wants you to have much fruit. Why? Well, the next verse is going to tell us why does, why does he want us to do that? Here's why, man, we're going to see in a minute. It glorifies God, but it says those that remain in me and I in them, they'll produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Sometimes we try to live out our Christian lives And instead of doing it in the power of God, we do it because we have knowledge about God. And knowledge about God will never lead you to the power of God. Because apart from Jesus, you can't do anything. But Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, the vine, which strengthens me. Jesus is the source of my strength. Jesus is the source of my growth. Jesus is the source of my love. Jesus is the source of my patience. Jesus is the source of my long suffering. Jesus is the source. I just got to stay connected to him. Because apart from him, I can't do anything. But I can do all things through Christ. Someone needs that verse this week. You're thinking you can't and you're right. You can't but he never said you could. But he can and he promised he would. We got to stay connected. We got to remain in Him, because apart from Him, we can't do anything. And some of you, you listen, listen, listen. I love you. I love you, and I'm pouring into you. But what you do is you starve yourself all week long. You starve yourself. You don't have time for God. You don't. You don't have time to pray. You have time to read the Bible. You are busy, and God might define it as too busy. Because if you're too busy for God, you're too busy. I'm preaching better than you're responding. (laughs) You just got called out. Let's go, Navarre. Come on. Let's go, Blackwater. Right? God has so much more for us. God wants you to produce fruit in your life. How can you produce fruit? If you're not even faithful to the word, listen to me. And that's not a shame on you because the word of God, that's not something you got to do. It's not like if you don't have devotions, God is mad at you. I, I, I remember being younger and thinking I didn't have devotions. Oh, God's so mad at me. God's not mad at you. God is just like, oh, I wish they would do better. I wish they knew how to carry the football. I wish they didn't run 60 yards and then fumble right before the end zone. You're messing. You're hijacking your own life. Don't do it. 
Listen, listen, when we get into the word of God, then we all of a sudden begin to acquire a taste for the will of God. But you won't ever do the will of God if you never get in the word of God. And, and honestly, and I've been guilty of it too. I've been guilty of it too, where I've been too busy, even as a pastor, to spend quality time with Jesus. Because i got to minister. But if I'm trying to, i got too many people to minister to, but if I'm not connecting with him, then in which strength am I ministering? Are you with me? And it's not just for a pastor, it's for a Christian who's called to preach the word also. It's true. And, and I, I love us, but I, I want to tell us, some of us, here's what we do. We starve ourselves all week long, and then we come Sunday starving to death, and we just want to gorge. And what God wants you to do is God wants you to be a self-feeder. I mean, happy was the day my kids could pour their own cereal. I didn't even care if they spilled the milk. That's all right. We can buy more milk. But the fact you're not waking me up at 5 a.m. to go get that cereal off the top shelf, now you can get a bowl and a spoon. You know where spoons at. You can pour the own bowl. You can even do the milk. And remember, put it in the fridge. Like, that's a new day at the house of pain. Are you with me? That's a new day, man, when you can feed yourself. That's how God says, man. That's what God wants. God wants you to feed yourself. Holy Spirit woke me up this morning. I woke up at 5 a.m. Spirit of God, just begin. Just give me these thoughts. I didn't hear a voice. I didn't hear a knock on the door. It's just all these thoughts from God, and they were coming, and they were good. And God's like, Tim, you've recently been to the hospital. We, we went to the hospital and got to see Preston and Ellen's beautiful baby, and we we're leaving. Then all of a sudden we get a text, and, and our friends were literally right across the hall, like literally one door there, next door here, you know, um, right there. They'd had a baby, so we got to go over there. That was super cool and see them. And, and, and the Spirit of God spoke this to my heart this morning. Tim, it's like this. A lot of new believers, and they're like newborn babes. And when a baby is born, that baby, number one, needs to breathe. we got to get the baby breathing. And then after the baby is breathing and delivered and the baby's okay, that baby needs to eat. Breathing is prayer. Your prayer is your breath. But before, listen, before, breathing's two parts. There's an inhale and an exhale. There's a, I need that. But try holding your breath. At some point, you got to exhale. Here's what God put on my heart this morning. That's how breathing is. It's inhaling. So when I inhale, I listen to God. I come not to talk. I come to listen. Be slow to speak. Be quick to hear. So I come to God. God, do you have anything you want to say? I'm listening. Now I'm exhaling what I want to say to God. Prayer has two parts. Inhale and exhale. I'm listening for God. I speak to God. And I come just as I am. I don't come dressed up. I don't come, oh, I'm talking theologically. No, 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 no. God's not interested in that. God's interested in you talk to him like you talk to other people. Just remember, he's God. But he wants you to talk normal. So you just talk to God. That's breathing. The second thing is we, we don't just need prayer. We need protein. Protein's the word. You got to get in the word. Don't, don't let the Bible collect dust. But your phone... We're swiping. I mean, we're getting finger cramps and arthritis from all the swipes and likes and comments. N nothing wrong with it. Just don't forget God. Don't let that become an idol. Idolatry. You with me? I don't feel like y'all with me today. Y'all with me? I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to step on your toes. I, 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 thank you. Thank you. You are awesome. 
um, I'm trying to speak to your hearts. There are too many of you, you've given your life to Jesus, and Jesus is saying, time to grow. Listen, listen, Jesus says, we're not to be like the world. We can't just do whatever we want. You do whatever you want. You say you love Jesus. How's an unbeliever going to know you love Jesus? Because you look and smell and act just like them. Right? Like same language. Like we're using the same language that the world does and we thinking dirty and talking dirty and we all that kind of stuff, right? Like how are we different than unbelievers? How are we going to tell them about Jesus when they're like, what would you tell me? Who are you talking to? Are you with me? You with me? And, and part of growing is this, realizing that babies don't start out eating steak, just milk. And if you're a newborn Christian, man, God wants you to just, just get in his word a little bit. It's why we have devotionals out there. You pick up that devotional and you can get the app on your phone, spend five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes in your morning before you talk to anyone else, talk to Jesus. I'm telling you, if you would do that one thing, I promise you, this is the golden buzzer right here. If you would talk to Jesus, if you would spend time with Jesus, if you would make an appointment with Jesus before you meet with, talk with anybody else, you'd have this incredible aha moment. Your life would be so much better. Game changer. Game changer. Jesus says this. I'm finished reading these verses. Listen. He says this. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away. It's like a useless branch and it withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you. Listen. If you remain in me, Jesus said, and my words remain in you. That is, you're in the word. Listen to what he says. You may ask for anything that you want. And it will be granted. How many of y'all like to ask for anything you want? How many would love for it to be granted? Now, this isn't a, listen, listen, listen. This isn't a Jesus is my genie. God is a genie in a bottle. No, this is, I'm in the word of God. So now I'm discovering the will of God. And I have a desire for the will of God. And so now when I pray, I'm praying the best prayer ever. What Jesus modeled, Not not my will, Jesus. Your will be done. I don't want what I want. I want what you want because you know best. And you have an advantage over me. You see everything. You know everything. I don't see everything. I don't know everything. I get blind swiped all the time. There are blind spots. Spots are all around me. But Jesus, you don't. You're always the same. And you're all-knowing. And you're present everywhere. And you're for me. And you got my best interest at heart. So Jesus, I trust you. It's not what I want. It's what you want. And then I begin to pray, and I pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray in the will of God. And because I'm praying the will of God, every time I pray the will of God, Jesus will answer my prayer because I'm praying the will of God. Are you with me? Does that make sense? So we're to pray that way. You say, Pastor Tim, this is a little deep today. We got to grow. Somebody's alarm's going off. We've got to grow. We've got to grow deeper. We've got to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus. That's what God wants. Why? So we can produce fruit. Why? Well, he's going to tell us. Look on John 15. He says this. Verse 8. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. He said, I loved you even as the fathers loved me. Here it is. Here's the message. Remain in my love. That is the same thought as Jude which only has one chapter. So you say Jude 21. It's not chapter 21. It's Jude verse 21. 
which says, keep yourselves in the love of God. You know what this is saying? This verse here that tells us, remain in my love, or Jude 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. To remain in his love simply means that we are remaining in the place of obedience so that God's love is poured out instead of stepping outside of God's will and then having to be chastened or corrected or punished. Are you with me? Because just like you as a loving parent, you correct your child. Sometimes you have to discipline your child. The Bible says that whom God loves, he corrects. We've all seen kids who their parents don't know how to correct them. They're like, oh, little old Johnny. And you're thinking, little Johnny's the devil. <laughs> That's funny right there. How many know someone like that? How many hands raised? You're sitting next to that person, but you don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little Johnny's a devil. Mm-hmm. Jesus goes on and he says this. Listen, it's going to bring great glory to my father. So remain. So instead of being in the place where you, I've got to correct you, be in the place where I can lavish you with my love. It's like a teenager. Mom, dad, can I have the keys? It's prom. Yeah. And they go take the car and they say, okay, be home at this time. I want you to be home at this time. I want you to be careful. And you give a couple boundaries. And, and then they didn't just get the car detailed before the prom. The next day, they actually get the, the car detailed. And they say, here it is, Mom, Dad. Thank you. Here's the keys. Man, I actually saw you are low on gas. I personally paid for it. Put some gas. Right, parents, we'd pass out, wouldn't we? Like, oh, my gosh, what's happening here? Martha, I'm coming home. Right? Right? What's going on? It's like Gavin. Gavin this week, bus is coming. Bus 30 seconds from pulling down a road. He's like, Dad, Dad, I need money for the book fair. I was like, where are you going to get it? I need $10, Dad. No, Gavin. Dad, please. And he kept asking. And he really wanted it. I was like, okay, Gavin. So I give it. He comes home. Dad, I brought I didn't tell him. I just said, here it is, man. I said, what are you going to buy with it? Dinosaur book. Dad, he comes home. He shows me these two little erasers. I'm like, you said you're going to get a book. He's like, oh, I got a book too. And I brought you money back. He gave me like 31 cents. He said, I brought you a quarter and nickels and pennies. But as parents, when we see our kids growing and we see them making great decisions, what do we want to do as a parent? As an earthly parent, we want to honor that, right? We want that to grow, right? We want to nurture that, right, parents? That's how God is. That's how God is. That's how God feels to you. I'm almost done. Hang with me. The remaining in him is evidence that salvation is taking place. That salvation is already taking place. The fruit or the evidence that I know Jesus is in the fact that I'm continuing to learn and to follow Jesus. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is a learner of Jesus. That's why I want to come. I want to learn more about Jesus. It's why I want to pray. It's why I want to be in group with other Christians because I don't own the market on Christianity. There's so much I don't know, and I can't just love God without loving people. Are you with me? I want to be a disciple. I want to be a true disciple. People thought Judas was a disciple. Judas betrayed Jesus, he was with them, but he wasn't for him. Sometimes people are with the church, but they're not for Jesus. They're going through the motions. And this passage talks about they're going to one day be cut and thrown into the fire. That's real. That's his words, not mine. Verse 10, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. So here it is. This is key. When we remain, or excuse me, when we obey, then we remain in his love. Just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. And I told you these things. Here it is. So that your joy, you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Here's a great takeaway. Here's a great thought today. Obedience produces joy. 
Happiness comes and goes. Buy a new car, new car smell, awesome car wreck. Happiness came, happiness left. New boyfriend, new girlfriend, happiness, they cheated on me, happiness left. Joy is different. Joy doesn't come and go like that. Joy is an inside job. And it's a direct result of obeying God's commandments. He said, if you love me, you'll do what I say. One place he said, why do you tell me you love me and you don't do the things that I say? Are you with me? This is, this is Jesus speaking. This is straight talk. This is the final words he's saying to his disciples before he's crucified. Last words, great importance. And then he says this. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. You know how Jesus loved us? He keeps loving us. He keeps forgiving us. He doesn't say, I've had it enough. No more of you. I can't take any more. No. Like a dog, man, he's right there. He's right there. He's loyal. He's with us. He says, I no longer, or excuse me, he says this, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide. Confide in his slaves. Now, you are my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. What a statement. Wow. <laughs> told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. That's just a good reminder. We didn't choose Jesus. We think, man, oh, I chose Jesus. I accepted Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But Jesus chose you a long time ago. Amen. You choosing him was because he chose you and chased you and pursued you. And when we were running, living a life that was saying, Get away from me, God. God's love, surely his goodness and mercy followed us all the days of our lives. That's who he is. He said, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father, here it is, will give you whatever you ask for using my name. That's why I end my prayers in Jesus' name. I don't want to just say, God, thank you, you know, da-da, and end it. No, I want to say in Jesus' name. There's power. The devil doesn't want to hear that name. You start going through hell. You start experiencing the, the enemy is around. We're talking about spiritual warfare. Say the name Jesus. There's power in that name. Every demon in hell knows that name. They don't want none. Just say the name. So he said, pray using my name. And he said, this is my command, love each other. Love each other. Verse 17, this is my command, love each other each other the secret to staying connected to god is staying to connected staying connected to jesus so remain in him remain in him why because apart from him you can't do anything you can't it won't last you may think you're doing something and when god picks these up remember he's not doing that to hurt you he's doing it to help you He's taking something away that isn't necessary. And you may think it is, but God connects the dots to fruit. And he wants you to bring much fruit. Last thought, we pray. We're going to invitation. Stephanie's on a trip two weeks ago. She went to Tampa. Her friend, um, Lindsay, had her other best friend in town. And uh, Stephanie had never met Ashley. But Steph and Ashley, they hit it off. Why? Because they have something in common. Lindsay. Friday, Steph went to Tampa. Um, she went to Tampa. I put her on a cruise with her sister and her friend. Surprised her this week. She thought the birthday party was a surprise. Non-surprise, surprise. Friend, sister being in town was surprised. Surprise said, you're going on a cruise. Not with me, with your sister and your best friend. So they go into Tampa, stay again with Corey and Lindsay. And now Nikki, Steph's other best friend. She's got a couple of them. Nikki gets to meet Lindsay 
for the first time, and Lindsay gets to meet Nikki, and they've heard so much. It's like they know each other, and they've never even met. You know what I'm talking about? You got someone like that, right, right? Here's a cool thing. You know what? They like each other because they love the same person. Now, let's take this whole message, and let's leave you with something that can work for a really long time, and that's this thought. I love God so much, and if you love God so much, then I'm called to his command to love you because we know the same person. We have the same best friend. If you know the name and you say the name and you love the name and you worship the name of Jesus, I need to let go of any unforgiveness and any fight um, fault finding. I need to let it go. And I need to realize any friend of Jesus is a friend of mine. Any friend of Jesus is a friend of mine. If God doesn't judge you, why should I? If God doesn't condemn you, why should I? If God doesn't criticize you, why should I? Any friend of Jesus is a friend of mine. That would take believers to a whole nother level because then we would actually obey this command and we would truly love each other, not just the ones we like. Love each other. Let's stay connected. Let's abide. Let's remain in him. And there are Christians here today, and you've not been doing that. You've been getting off and doing your own thing, and then you wonder, where's my love? Where's my joy? Where's my peace? It's like I had peace. I got out of church. I stopped caring about the things of God, started doing my own thing, and now I just feel like, listen, you're just one turn. You just need to turn. Just one turn. Just turn to Jesus today. Just realize that without him, you can't do anything. Do you hear me? Without him, you can't do anything. No thing. Nothing. With him, you can do all things. So someone just needs to say, God, just help me to remain in you. That's a prayer. I want to pray it with believers. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You believe in Jesus. You've not been staying connected. Man, like checking Instagram is more important than reading your Bible. Seeing how many people like what you're putting out there more important than what God put out there for you, for life, for living. More concerned about what people think of you than what God has in his heavenly love spoken over you. Say, I've not been remaining in him. I've been trying to do it on my own. It's not working, Pastor Tim. I'm going to remain in him. If that's you, would you raise your hand all over every campus you're watching online? If you could let us know. God sees your heart and see your hand. You're in Navarre. You're Blackwater. You're right here in Gulf Breeze. Would you raise it up? Hold it up high. Maybe you're saying, I, I need to remain. I need to remain in him. I need to remain. I need to stay right there with Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Help me, God, to remain in you. I believe. Help me believe better. That's the prayer that we're praying today. You put those hands down. We never like to end a gathering without giving people an opportunity to realize how much God loves you. See, the gospel tells this amazing story that God created Adam and Eve. He put them in the Garden of Eden. Everything was perfect. There was a tree. He told them not to touch. He told them if they touched it, they'd surely die. The devil, the, the, the liar, the father of all lies told them God's holding back from you God ain't good God knows if you eat that you're going to be like him your eyes will be open and you'll be like God don't you want that don't you want to be like God come on come on he's 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 holding back from you man God come on don't you want this take it take it it's good man God doesn't know what he's talking about God is holding back he didn't tell you all the truth and the Bible says they disobeyed God and they took it and they tasted it and their eyes were open and sin and shame was upon them and God loved them even in that moment where sin and shame had been birthed into this earth. 
birthed into this world where creation would never be the same. Where humankind would never be the same. We'd be scarred and marred by sin. God already had a plan. And that plan is he would send his only son, Jesus, to walk on earth as a man, but yet be God. And one day he would live a perfect life and die a perfect death. And he, Jesus, who never sinned, would become sin for you and me on that tree. So God would punish Jesus instead of punishing me. Instead of punishing you. Scripture says that if you will realize Jesus loves you and died for you, if, if you'll declare that Jesus is God, he's Lord. If you believe he not only died for you, but he rose again. And if you'll transfer your trust from any church, from any denomination, from any tradition, from any pride and all pride, from any thinking to Christ alone, what will happen is he'll come into your life. He'll forgive your sins. He'll teach you how to live. If you do that, without him, you can't do anything that'll last. Some of you might be worried about the time right now. I'm more concerned about your eternity. Some of you might be more concerned about what time it is and than, than where you'll spend forever. Do you know him? If you don't know him, today's the day of salvation. Today is the day God's calling you. Don't harden your heart. You've hardened your heart for so long. Don't harden your heart. Say yes to Jesus today. Would you do that? I'm, I'm going to lead us in what we call a sinner's prayer. We'll pray. I'm going to pray a prayer. You can repeat after me. And you're not praying to me. And you're not praying through me. I'm a man. You're going to pray to God. I'm just going to lead us there. Would you today, some of y'all pray this prayer for the first time. I mean, last week, a guy said, Pastor Tim, I prayed that prayer. I prayed it for weeks, but I prayed it today for the first time, and I meant it. He came back today. I love it. Growth. Would you pray it today? Would you mean it in your heart? If you would, repeat after me with heads bowed, eyes closed. Would you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. I believe you rose again. I declare Jesus is Lord. I give you my life. And I receive your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name. Amen. With heads up and eyes wide open. Last gathering, we had several people give their life to Christ. And I can't wait to see who today walked across that line, stepped across the line of faith today. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time and you meant it, you're watching online, please let us know. We, we want to celebrate with you and want to help connect with you and help you take your next steps. Here in Navarre, Blackwater, here in Gulf Breeze, would you raise your hand on the count of three? Let us know. I want you to raise it high. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Don't hesitate. Hold it up high. Here we go on the count of three. One, two, three. Right now, hold it up. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand right now. That's right. Keep it up. Hold it up high. We got a gift for you. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Hold it up high. I see you, sir. I see you, ma'am. I see you, ma'am. How about it, Navar? Hold that hand up. Come on. Let's go, Blackwater. Hold it up. You're watching online. Let us know. We love you.